Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And I am so delighted to be with you here now, Sydney, recording. I have two monitors set up now. It's I know. Hot, it's very intimidating because It's a hot I'm, topic of conversation. It is? Well, my brothers were making fun of me because it looked like I was looking off camera. But really, I was just looking at the other monitor. I don't know why you need two monitors. Well, that's a great question, Sydney. I don't have one. Okay, let me put it to you this way. Do you have multiple drawers for your clothes? Yes. Okay, well, websites are like the clothes of my mind, and I need to have a lot of them open at once. Websites are the clothes Clothes of of your your mind? mind. Yes, and you got to have a lot of them open at once. I don't know what to do if I don't have 20 websites going at once. I got my laptop right here in front of me, and I have a bunch of tabs open. Like, there's a bunch of different... Yeah. You know, it is a problem. I actually have, <laughs> I actually problem. have, I'm looking at four different documents that I am currently working on. Like as we speak. Well, no, not, not while we're recording, but like I am, they are all open and unfinished and I am still working on all of them at the same time. Like I switch between them as I think of different things to write for each one of them. Oh, that's great. Wow. You're brain is exhausting to me. I love it. I'm glad it's in your head and not mine. I, it is so daunting. I also have to have something on TV and music playing while I'm doing that. Oh, wow. And then occasionally text messages yeah, to interrupt. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Everybody's different. Yes. Uh, and anyway, there is a thin gap between my monitors where I can see my beautiful wife and hear Thank the story I of, uh, it you, says you can here, go ahead. Dr. Willard Bliss. That's right. I don't know who that is, but that's the name that you sent me. Uh, that is the name I sent you. Thank you, Daniel, for uh, sending us this topic suggestion. It is a good one because we have we have touched on Dr. Willard Bliss before. Touched on. Yes. Not touched. N- no. Okay. No, no, no. No. We did, uh, we did not get consent, and he died long before we lived. So, <laughs> you know, so those, I would say— Those are two barriers right I there. I would say <laughs> the second one is maybe the headline. <laughs> and, then, and then maybe we follow up with that. Either way, uh, no, we, we have mentioned him, but you might not remember because the episodes, the episode where we talked about him, actually this is a series of episodes, I believe, where we talked about the U.S. presidents. Oh, Do you remember those? right, yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the various illnesses and, and traumas and wounds and whatnot that had befallen various presidents. Mm-hmm. That is where we mentioned Dr. Willard Bliss, but we didn't really dive into him much. Um, but I think he's worthy of a whole episode because he's a, a interesting, somewhat controversial figure. Okay, tell me more. Um, so 
D.W. Bliss is his name. D.W. Bliss. D.W. Bliss, okay? This is important. Oh, you're going to love this so much. Um, So he was born in Brutus, New York in 1825. Okay. His name was inspired by a surgeon that his family, I'm assuming, must have admired, knew, and and must have admired, right? Right. Why else would you name your child after someone if you didn't have some level of connection yes respect admiration love care whatever whatever the relationship was he was named uh for a surgeon who was named samuel willard and now i think it's really important that i clarify what exactly they took from this surgeon samuel willard so of course willard yes they took that part (laughs) but also he was a doctor okay and they liked that and i assume wanted their son to be a doctor as well. Because when I say I am talking about Dr. Willard Bliss, I mean his first name is Doctor. Oh, that's good. I knew you'd love that. Dr. Willard Bliss would go on to become Dr. Dr. Willard Bliss. Yes. 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 He is, his first name was Doctor. Um, that is uh, wild. <laughs> that is wild. So I, I am. I will probably usually refer to him as Doctor Bliss because Doctor <laughs> Willard Bliss is me saying his full like first, middle, and last name without. Without without the honorific. Right now, he's just, at the beginning of his life, he's just Dr. William Bliss. Dr. Willard Bliss. Dr. Willard but, and Bliss. And then he goes on to become Dr. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> which which is what, like, for instance, in my line of um, medical work, I am often called Dr. Sidney. I usually don't go. The doctor, the Dr. McElroy is too formal, but somehow Sidney just won't stick okay. with my patients. Like, I just tell him to call me by my first name. Like, this is all... We're super cash. Hey, it's cash. We're super cash. Uh, but that doesn't stick either. So Dr. Sydney is what has come through. Or just Doc. That's usually oh, that's good. Just that's Doc. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Dr. Doctor, um, his parents wanted him to be a doctor, clearly, and he fulfilled that. You know what? He had a brother. Brother? No. Brother Bliss. Well, I mean, no, because like, well, why would you name your <laughs> now that would be wild if you named <laughs> one of your kids after the profession that you hoped. They would have someday, and then the other kid you just named because of their relationship to the first kid. Yes. That would, (laughs) if you want to give a kid a complex, that's the way to do it. No, but the other kid, you're like, well, what did they name his brother? Because, like, surely it must have been for his future career. Right. His name was Zenas. Zenas? Z-E-N-A-S. Zenas. Yeah. I guess it's better that than, like, repeat offender. Bliss. Well, uh, so serial, I guess he Serial can, killer bliss. I mean, that must have been very freeing. Zenus yeah. can be anything. Yeah. Doctor. Doc, you got one choice. Yeah. I hope you like doctor. So doctor did what he was expected. He went to Cleveland Medical College. Um, he published his thesis on uh, false joints, which is a, th- so this is when Had basically. Had college. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly oh salvia. <laughs> you feel good about that? All right, so he, basically, this is when a fracture doesn't heal correctly. And you can kind of see it if you look at an x-ray. So imagine a bone. You've got, like, the joints on either end of the bone where they connect with something, right? Okay. Okay. Well, if it breaks right in the middle and then it doesn't heal in the right place, like a non-union, so it's not completely together, 
Okay. You've got a false joint there. Okay. It looks like an area where two bones are coming together, but it's not. It's where one bone has not healed completely. Okay, that makes That's sense. Same idea. Um, this is a real thing. This is a thing that can happen if a fracture doesn't heal okay. appropriately, right? So it hurts, and it might be a little unstable there because it didn't heal all the way. Um, he quickly got into some trouble, though. Oh, no. So early in his medical career, um, he started selling something called... Uh, Kundurango. Kundurango? Kundurango. Okay. Okay. Um, This was like one of our, oh man, this is a a great classic cure-all. Okay. This is like, I I don't think we've ever talked about Kundurango on Sawbones. It does not ring a bell. Mm -mm. Uh, It was, so this is a a type of woody vine that grows, especially in Ecuador. That's where it came from. It was, and that's, you know, a lot of the like kind of cure-alls that we talk about they will be given a backstory that they were used like by an indigenous culture. Like this right. is a folk medicine thing that Appeal we have. the ancient wisdom. Exactly. Like we have taken this and it has been used and whatever for a long time. And sometimes those stories are true. And then sometimes they are like retrofitted to make something seem like it has more worth than it really does. Um, I would say this is somewhat in the middle because it was known to have activity in the human body, but it was also perceived as somewhat poisonous. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily being used as a cure-all by indigenous cultures before, mm. you know, we we Westerners stole it. Um, but it was touted as this, I mean, the big thing was as a cure for cancer in mm. its time. That's where it, it rose to fame as like, this is a this is a cure for cancer. There were other things you could use it for, but that was the big purpose. Um, the story behind it that would be, that probably wasn't true, but that was spread <laughs> far and wide, was that um, there was someone dying of cancer. You know, like, again, the, these would have been like indigenous people. So there was somebody who was dying of cancer and his wife attempting basically to alleviate his suffering and hasten his death mm-hmm. gave him some Kundurango, knowing it was poisonous as a way to like, you know, as like. Wrap uh, it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a, in a, very, in a humane way. Tastefully, I don't mean like. Tastefully wrap it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like choosing, like he, like choosing to end your life, to end your suffering kind of thing. I don't mean like she was murdering him. I think we were saying the same things. Yes. Um, so anyway, he he took it, and instead of dying, he got better. Oh. And so at that point, um, it began to be widespread as like, oh, well, okay, actually, this isn't a poison. This cures cancer, and isn't this exciting? Um so the word spread and people began to administer it for a variety of different things, right? Like that's right. what usually happens. You find out something like at this point in history, it works for something. So it must work for everything. Right. And heck, I say this point in history. This is now. This is now. This is, this now. is now. Like, oh, it has an effect. We should use it on everything. Um, and uh, even, but even as these like reports were being spread that this was something that could cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're really, we're like in the 1800s at this point, probably like the mid 1800s um, to late 1800s is where we're moving into as this was being popularized. Um, you're really at the edge of when you could get away with that stuff. You're starting to move into a time period where science and like the empiric 
There's a more method. A general acceptance of like the, there is a standard by which we do these things. We are moving further and further away from the patent medicine days as you get to the turn of the century and then, you know, moving forward. Like the scientific method is becoming more prominent. And so even as this was being spread as like, hey, this is a cure for cancer, there were people investigating that to see like, is this really like I'm going to go behind these patients that were supposedly cured, I'm going to go find those people and interview them. Mm. And what they were finding, people were reporting, is like, I went to find this person who was cured by Kundurango and they, they died. Oops. So they didn't, it didn't cure them. Did not cure. So, I mean, it, like, there, there was already a lot of, like, controversy around this, even as it was being touted as this, like, miracle cure. Um Either way, there was a diplomat there from the U.S. who wanted to settle the matter by sending samples of this vine back to the U.S. to different doctors there to say, like, hey, test it. Try this out. Let's we'll settle this. what we got here. Once and for all, um, give it to some patients. <laughs> you know, because you could just do that back then. Yeah. Like, here, take this. Take I this. don't know. Um, and You're going to do science. You want to do science? <laughs> I'd like to live. <laughs> well, okay. What if you would live? Maybe, but do science? Definitely. <laughs> This is, but can I tell you though, this is like why IRB approval, like the idea that before you do a study or give people an experimental drug, you have to like get a board of people to say like, yes, this is an okay thing to do. The reason we do that is because in this exact situation, and this this exists now, you have someone who is being told, okay, you have cancer. We barely understand it. Right. All we know is we can't fix it. All we know is that all the stuff we do seems to either not help or make it worse and it will kill you. I have this vine. <laughs> I have this bark. I have this, I have this substance. It probably does nothing. It might be poison or it might cure cancer. We have no idea, but it's either that or you definitely die. So you tell me. So you want it? Yeah. And, and that's the problem is like al- almost any sane person would say, Sure. Yeah. 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 I'll take it. Of course. I'll. Of course. Like, what's the alternative? Of course, I'll try it. Right. And so this is why we have approval for these things is because you're getting people who are very vulnerable and in a situation where like there's an illusion of choice. Right. But there really isn't. You need an impartial third party. Uh. So anyway, they it was sent to different doctors to try it out, and one of the doctors who got it, of course, was Doctor Doctor Bliss. Doctor Doctor Bliss. Um. And he was just got it like patient wise. Got it like. To use. To use, to give yeah. to patients. And he was wild about it. He <laughs> claimed that he cured three people of cancer. Dang. That's, with that's, this Kundarango. That's really impressive. Yeah. He was very excited. He cured three people. Um, these accounts of it were published alongside of this, like the account, like basically the whole story kind of broke at once. Like this diplomat finds ancient traditional cure for cancer, sends it to doctors in the U.S., and then Dr. Bliss is like, yes, this is the best stuff ever. I cured three people. Hooray. So, and at the same time, he sets up an importing business. <laughs> <laughs> to get as much of it over here as possible. Exactly, so that he can get that miracle drug out there and start making some cash. He was selling it for $160 a pound. And then, and, and let me start with that, $160 a pound, which actually... Justin. Yes, Sydney. If we look up at like 1850, what was $160 in 1850? What would that be in 2023 money? Uh, hold on. I'll tell you. It's a good estimation. It would have been a, in late 1840s, early 1850. So 1850. Okay. So when are we talking? 1850, $160. Okay. Uh, that is 
$6,311 today per pound. Wow. For a pound of this stuff. Yeah. Now, I will say that almost as soon as he started selling it, there were already authorities who were like questioning this stuff and like investigating the tactics being used to sell different patent medicines and stuff like that. And so the price was quickly dropped to $38 a pound to try to like fly under the radar a little bit more, so to speak. All right, just um, out of curiosity, that is $1,500 Still. Pound. Still pricey. And now, and now the thought would be that like you would – like yes, individuals could buy it. Also, doctors could buy it to administer to patients and then the patients would have to pay the doctors, of course. But um, either way, so it's super expensive and – Almost as soon as he starts selling it, there are other doctors who are like, oh, I tried that. That didn't work. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. We, I got, got I lucky. was one of the other doctors who right. got sent that, and it definitely did not have the miraculous results that you were saying it did. Um, they said, I mean, like, a lot of them didn't even, like, they gave it to somebody. It did nothing. They moved on. Like, right. it was so ineffective. And as a result of all this, in 1853, Bliss was actually kicked out of the Washington, D.C. Medical Society. So it was like, and the reason this is important is that this was a visible, like, people knew this guy is pushing a fake medicine. Right. So this definitely harmed his reputation, right? And I think it's important to understand that he was not like a doctor who was widely accepted to be an amazing, like, super doctor. <laughs> Even though he he was doctor doctor double doctor right he wasn't widely accepted to be um, this amazing physician he had been thrown out of the medical society and I think this is important to know because he's about to treat some U S presidents oh wow um, and I'm going to tell you about that after we go to the billing department let's go the medicines the medicines that for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although 
there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week, I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or clean up. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, f- and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Oh, darling, why won't you accept my love? My dear, even though you are a duke, I could never love you. You, you borrowed a book from me and never returned it. (gasps) Save yourself from this terrible fate by listening to Reading Glasses. We'll help you get those borrowed books back and solve all your other reader problems. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. (laughs) Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. (laughs) Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, we know everything. Sydney, even our great heroes, the U.S. presidents, are not uh, immune to the charms of fake medicine. No, 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 uh, absolutely they're not. Our greatest American heroes, and even they are vulnerable. Absolutely they're not. No, I mean, if you go back to the annals of medical history, you will find presidents who have suggested things like injecting bleach into our veins. You got to go way back. You got to go way back. I mean, and you can find presidents who have suggested things like if we could get like ultraviolet light inside our bodies, like put lights inside that we could kill illnesses, like maybe a virus or something. You like, got to be think talking about way. like Polk or Harrison, one of those like you gotta way go, I mean, back, way back, way back to find examples of <laughs> absolute, like, I don't know if ignorance is a strong enough word. Like thinking it'll be wrapped up by Easter and wouldn't mm-hmm. that be lovely? Yeah. <laughs> whatever it may be, like whatever pandemic may be Right, like. right. I mean, there are some truly wild suggestions that have come from, I mean, historical figures in the American presidency. Um, So in the midst of all this, somewhere, he 
may have treated Zachary Taylor for malaria. So there's mm-hmm. our first little presidential. This is important. Yeah. Um, but that it's funny because I was reading about like, oh, he treated two presidents because we're going to get into the other one that he treated famously was responsible for maybe his death. Um, <laughs> that uh, Bliss may have treated Zachary Taylor as well, which is like a cool that's cool. Two different presidents. But on, on the flip side, like if you look at the dates, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have had a medical degree yet. Oh, wow. But at the same time, that also isn't that wild for the time, sure, like the idea right. that he would have been in training or apprenticing or something and like maybe still doing medicine. That's not even, that's not that wild. I guess, but like, so it's if, possible. is it a sitting president though? Like you think they no. could spring for a doctor? Not that. At that okay. point, no. All right, gotcha. No, now he will treat a sitting president soon. Okay. Um, uh, he did serve as a surgeon during the Civil War. And like, and I think that this, again, Maybe this helps inform why he's he's going to be called up to treat uh, the U.S. president is that there's like this mixed bag of accomplishments. So we have this already this history of he's thrown out of the medical society for pushing a fake medicine. Um, But on the flip side, he was a strong advocate for the inclusion of black physicians in the medical society. Okay. So and he was also ostracized for that. So like part of the reason he didn't have the best reputation was because he was doing some good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, he was a strong advocate for homeopathy. Oh no! So that's bad. And and what that resulted in is that like he was so criticized for adopting homeopathy when it was kind of like on the rise. When it was at least in our part of the world, it was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like an early adopter. Like this is new. This is great kind of like with the Kundurango. This is new. This is great. I'm on the cutting edge. I love this stuff. And he was so, and he was thrown out of medical societies and and really like, you know, fell out of favor for all this stuff. Um, when Lister shows up around this same time and is like, hey, I have this great new theory about, you know, antiseptic technique and about the importance of keeping things clean and sterile so that we don't pass infections and like, you know, hand washing was just being popularized and all this stuff. Uh, Dr. Bliss was like, definitely not buying any of that. Okay. Definitely not. A real mixed bag, this right. guy. Right, like a, a roller coaster <laughs> of things happening with this guy. Because like, and it's important to know that he did not buy into antisepsis. He did not buy that we needed to clean things, our instruments or our hands or wear gloves or anything that would prevent us from just sticking our dirty, unwashed, fingers into an open, like, let's say, bullet wound. Sure. He, there were no precautions taken in those situations. Um, and this would lead to the hallmark of his career, which is when President James Garfield was shot on July 2nd, 1881. Um, this, is, this is why, if you've ever heard of Dr. Dr. Bliss, this is probably why, because of his association with President Garfield. Um, so like I said, he was not a particularly well-respected physician. And so you may wonder, like, the president's been shot. They need to call a doctor. Okay. How in the world does this guy get the call? Now, part of this— They just looked up doctor in the phone book, and it was the first— He was the first one. This guy's got it twice. Like, There's a couple reasons that explain this. There, uh, there was someone involved with the president. There was one of his staff who um, claimed that— um, Dr. Bliss had treated Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Which he he was maybe around, but maybe was not as involved as he later would go on to claim he was involved. Uh, so right. that was a little questionable. But like there was this connection. 
He maybe did this thing with Zachary Taylor where he treated his malaria. He had served. That was respected, of course. Yes. Like, um, So, like, there were some people who were like, ah, I heard about that guy. I think he's a pretty good, I don't know, maybe. But then there's also this <laughs> I heard story. something about him. I don't remember if it was good or not, but we should get him in here with the president. <laughs> there's also this story from the White House steward of the time, a Mr. Crump, who said that. Sorry, one more time. <laughs> who said, <laughs> Mr. Crump. Who he he's recounting like a moment after Dr. Bliss has already been called to take care of the president and he's sitting by his bed and he's holding his hand and he says, uh, Garfield had hold of Dr. Bliss's hand and turned his head and asked me if I knew where he first saw Bliss. I told him I didn't. And then he said he would tell me. He said that when he was a youngster and started for college at Hiram, he had just $15, a $10 bill and an old leather pocketbook. Uh, and a five in his trouser pocket. Anyway, he was footing it up the road. It was hot. He took off his coat. He was taking good care not to drop his pocketbook that has his money in it, right? Because this is his college tuition, by the way. This $15, this is his college tuition. Okay. I know everybody can take a moment to like feel nauseous. What is your college tuition? It uh, was $15 at this point. Great. Yeah. After a while, he was thinking about college. Anyway, he turns let's out- be all, Let's be also clear though. College was probably a bit of a joke. <laughs> like, they didn't know anything. What are you going to learn? Stuff. People knew stuff. What are you going to learn? There, was, the there have always been Come smart on. people. Yeah. And there have always I been know. not smart people. I'm just being that. That's the human race. Um, so, he, anyway, he drops the he drops his purse. And he goes back along the road trying to find it. And he can't find it. And he comes up to a house. And there's this dude leaning on a gate. And he's like... I'm looking for a purse. Have you seen it? And uh, the guy's like, yeah, actually, I do. And I'm going to hand it right over to you with the money still in it. Didn't take any of the money. Handed it right back over. And that was Dr. Dr. Bliss. Wow. Who gave him his cash back. Got him, which he credited with, like, you know, if I hadn't, like, and Bliss supported this. You know, if I hadn't done that, you wouldn't have gone to college. And then you probably never would have been president of the United States. Which you could also pair with, like, and then he probably also wouldn't have been shot. Uh, yes, that's true, but sliding doors. I mean, you can't. I need to talk about Mr. Crump. If you name your kid Dr. Doctor, you are guaranteeing that he will be a doctor. I think even more than that, if your child is named Mr. Crump, you are guaranteeing they're going to be a steward at the White House. <laughs> Probably under James Garfield. Like, Mr. Crump so? can only do, think about it. I'm local Lothario, Mr. Crump. I run a watch store. My name what, is what? Mr. Crump. I think I, you're not, you're not. I'll be your a, lawyer, Mr. Crump. We don't know his first name. Like if he had a. It's Mr. If he had the right first name, we could pull it off Jeez. as a Lothario. It's Jeeves. <laughs> it's, his name is Jeeves Crump. <laughs> what if his first name is Sexy? Sexy Crump? Sexy Crump. Sexy Crump. <laughs> He could be a Lothario if his first name's Sexy. Sexy's my middle name. Oh, yeah? It's my first. <laughs> they call me Dr. Sexy Jeeves Crump. <laughs> they call me Dr. Dr. Willard Bliss Crump. No, his name wasn't Crump. So for whatever reason, Dr. whether— Dr. It... Willard Sexy Bliss. <laughs> Dr. Sexy Bliss. That's a name. If they'd wanted to get a good doctor going, that's that's the name for your kid, Dr. Sexy Bliss. But you read all these stories and it's like, so did he call him to his bedside because he was he had this like old relationship with him? If so, why wasn't he his personal physician? Because he was not the personal physician to the president. Absolutely not. There was a personal physician to the president who would show up like two days later 
and be and like Bliss would get in a fight with him basically and be like, "This is my show, bud. Yeah, I'm gonna make history with this. I am gonna be remembered for this, which he, he is remembered for this. And you are not, and you're gonna get out of here, which is kind of what Bliss did. Like, so he showed up uh, to tend to Garfield after he was shot. Um, other doctors tried to help, and he basically ran everybody off. And then sort of restaffed with his own team, like his own hand-selected team, kind of like House does, you know. Um, and once he had his people to help him, he started off with his treatment method. A lot of this involved probing the wound <laughs> repeatedly with his fingers oh, no. and dirty instruments. Um, and it was all in this effort to remove the bullet, which it, a lot of this has been questioned through medical history because at this time period, we already kind of knew that you didn't necessarily have to. Like, sometimes you do. And obviously, it's a lot more common today that you'd go in and get whatever it is out. But back then, because there was such a high risk with surgery, mm-hmm. the idea of digging around to pull a bullet out, you wouldn't you wouldn't always do that. There are times where you can leave it be, and that's actually less harm. Mm-hmm. But he didn't buy it. So he uh, dug around in there with his dirty hands and his dirty instruments definitely introducing infection. Um, Other doctors did as well that were part of the team. So like it was probed multiple times. Um, But when the lead doc is like (laughs) hand washing, not for me. Exactly. Exactly. What what standard are you shooting for? We are still at a time where a lot of doctors kind of felt like the the blood stains on the coat and the dirty hands and that there was even like a, there was a smell that it was like the stink of the something. I forget. Anyway, that all of that was good. Yeah. Like to have like the the stink of the OR on you was a good thing. You should be bloody and gross. Yeah. You're a doctor. Like a butcher. <laughs> but, yeah, but you're a doctor. Um so anyway, so he was he was using those techniques. He actually at one point he had uh Alexander Graham Bell come cuz he had like he'd made like a metal detector okay. basically, like an early metal detector oh, nice. to try to find the bullet. Um and he wasn't able to find it, and Bliss blamed him and was like, your thing doesn't work. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. But it did work. It's This same device actually did work on other people in the same time period. So what we now think is that Bliss was telling him to look in the wrong area. Mm. That Bliss was very certain this is where the bullet must be, and he actually just had a wrong like idea of the trajectory of the bullet and where it would have ended up. And that if Bell had been allowed to look in a different place, he probably could have found it which is kind of cool. Now, I don't know that that would have helped because, again, I don't know that digging around in his abdomen anymore would have made things better. Uh, Bliss would also use rectal feeding as an important method of, like, improving the nutritional status of Garfield and, like, even publish— Sorry, 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 sorry. I have to make a request. Yes. If you're going to use a phrase like rectal feeding, you have to specify that you mean President Garfield and not Garfield. (laughs) Okay, you can't have an audio file out there where you're like, I use rectal feeding on Garfield. And then people will just make that their text tone. You can't do that. You have to specify who you meet. Um, I <laughs> Take it again. Take it clean. We'll get it in post. He used rectal feeding on President Garfield. Thank you. James Garfield. President you might be James. doing some, some <laughs> historical fiction, right? Where Garfield's elected president is shot because of an imagined political debt or whatever it was. And then, okay, President James Garfield. And you can you can read more about this in the study that he did publish, Feeding Per Rectum, as illustrated in the case of the late President Garfield. He always did it on Mondays, and no one could figure out why. 
<laughs> Do you think it was lasagna? Shut up. Take it back. Take it back. You don't mean that. It wasn't. It was a, it a way of introducing nutrition. He was hoping he could do so through the rectum because he was having trouble eating. Anyway, um, the point is he employed a lot of a lot of the techniques that he would have used would have been like commonplace at the time, right? Like we did a lot of stuff that was not necessarily helpful um, throughout all of medical history, including probably yesterday. Um, sorry, and, sorry. I mean, it's a it's science, man. And but anyway, so he he tried to remove the wound. There would have been like caustics used, of course, things like um, laxatives and certain feeding techniques and nutritional supplements, and mm. all of this amounted to um, Gar- Garfield, President Garfield, not getting better. He lingered on uh, for like two months before he would die. Um, now there has been much debate as to did he die from being shot or did he die from the treatment that he received for the two months after he was shot? I looked it up and it was 79 days. So I'm going to go ahead and and give that credit to to old uh, William Bliss. I mean, which was the defense by the way, from the guy who shot him, Charles Guteau. Yeah. who was actually the one who shot President Garfield. He's like, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. His doctors did. <laughs> I wounded him. Yeah, I did shoot him. Definitely me. But I am not responsible for the death of the president. Yeah. That is, his doctors killed him. That was, now, I that did not work. He was found guilty and executed. Um, it, And and I will say, I it's funny because I found there were, there have been papers published since then. Funny? Uh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Where people have gone back to, like, analyze the medical care that Bliss provided in his team to see, like, did he really, did he kill him or did he do the best he could and this was, like, because there's been a lot of conversation about what actually finally killed him. Was he septic? Like, it wasn't as straightforward as they got bacteria in the wound, he became septic and died because that would have happened much faster. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it happened over the course of 79 days, so... What else would have triggered this? He may have had a bout of cholecystitis, which is like an infection, inflammation of the gallbladder, which would have been very difficult to treat at the time because we didn't have antibiotics and we didn't have, we couldn't do surgery easily because no anesthetic and no, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there's a lot of debate. Did Bliss and his team really cause his death or was the death inevitable? And maybe he just wasn't doing anything helpful, but that was, it was inevitable. Either way. Maybe he heroically kept him alive for 79 days with his dirty, dirty fingers. Maybe that happened. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Those he did. filthy, jam-stained <laughs> fingers. At the end of it all, uh, Bliss, um, even after President Garfield finally succumbed to, to illness, to, to sepsis from something, uh, he gave a bill to the government for $25,000, which would be equivalent to $760,000 now. Um, the government offered him $6,500, which would be equivalent to $200,000. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and he was insulted and refused. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> so he will forever be. No- I didn't. Hey, did you notice I didn't kill him off? Yeah, thank I you. I mean, he is no longer alive, but you probably guessed that. Well, no, they didn't have to because you clarified at the beginning of the show that he was dead. You put the death at the beginning. I, I 
Well, you don't need to I kill mean, him every, twice. Then. We all understand human lifespans here yeah. at Sawbones, but the uh, it, but it's interesting because he will. I think if you know his name, other than being known for the doctor who was named Doctor, he will also always be remembered as the he was the doctor who treated at least one president, James Garfield, maybe more, um, to limited success. One might say, "Hey, he gave it his best." There's yeah. a really good book about this that I. Uh, uh, I read a long time ago called Destiny of the Republic that goes into more of the, like Alexander Graham Bell stuff and all that stuff. I read it so many years ago I've forgotten all the relevant details. Th- there's it is only this episode that has renewed this in my memory, but it is a very good book. I remember that. The retention end, I don't know, but Candace Millard, Destiny of the Republic, it's a good Well, book. and I mean, this is an area of medical history that has been so, in- because it intersects with, obviously, it was a president. And so it it elevates it to this thing where there are tons of books and papers and studies and journal articles and opinion pieces out there discussing all of the various elements of Bliss's care and what was bad, what was good, what was normal for the time, but we wouldn't do now. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're interested, there's tons you can read about this, but... I thought uh, Dr. Dr. Bliss deserved a little more deep dive into his own history. And um, Kundurango does not cure cancer. Sorry, folks. So if you encounter Spoiler. it, don't use it. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this episode. We hope you have enjoyed yourself. We hope you've, you're uh, uh, enjoying your holiday preparations and travels, whatever those may look like. I want to thank the taxpayers for the use of their song, uh, medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, Candle Nights, our fake uh, holiday, is beginning or has begun or will begin soon, depending on when you are observing. It's completely up to you. But we got some Candle Nights ornaments and posters in the store if you go to macroymerch.com. That is going to do it for us for this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun. A worker owned network of artist owned shows supported directly by you.